by Riverside. Hello <laughs> and welcome anchor.fm Micaiah, my main man Simeon's got a whole ass pie and he is just hammering away. Talk about a way to do the podcast. Welcome, this is fourth and one. We are getting you ready for week number seven. We are officially. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta when you're the worst podcast on the interwebs. We will get you all set for week number seven, but before that, we got a jam-packed show for you today. We got some, uh, lots of things happening, both in the NFL and NBA we want to cover first. Simeon is is just going to town. I, I guess he hasn't eaten or drinking all day, because we've got some... Beverages flowing now. We got the pie. Anyway, uh, last weekend was a great weekend filled with awesome games and major upsets in the world of college sports. I am still red hot, ladies and gentlemen, with my picks. I went three and two. If you don't count the lock, if you count the lock, I went three and three as UConn is still winless on the year. However, I am a roasty 12 or uh, 20 for 12 on the year with my picks. Simeon, uh, did your you you picked uh, did it did it did your lock of the week hit last week? What did my lock of the week have been? Oh yes, your lock of the week was Penn State and Iowa, and you took the under, and yes. you no. did not make that because they gave it 40 no. points, right? Uh, I think yeah. it was 43. And it ended up being 30, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, 60 roughly. I'm remembering like 58 or something like that. It, total? No, it was 43 total. It was 20 to 23. Yeah, and the under was 42, so I missed it yeah. by a couple points, is what you're saying. No, what, no the under was, was 40, 40 and a half, half, and the total was what? Yeah. Uh, 43. So this is another Arizona State yeah. situation where I just lost it barely. We, well, yeah, yeah. Three points. But, you know, barely, well, you know, it is what it also, is. Also, someone has to be the fatty um, of the podcast, and we know it's not going to be you, so I feel like it's my responsibility to hold down this position. Um, as you're just I'm eating, actually eating and pie. I haven't eaten this entire pie by myself. Just for the record, I'm not that much oh, of a fatty, right. but I am the fatty of the podcast. All right. Well, between the two of us, I guess you are a fatty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this show on the road, unless if you want to cover anything before we dive in here. No, I want to cover my face in this peanut butter pie, if you know what I'm saying. All right. I, I, let's just hit the button. Where's the, button, Where man. did literally all of my buttons moved around? Excellent. Ooh, everyone, we got music this week. This is the Checkdown. This is brought to you by you, the fans. Thank you so much for listening. Anchor.fm slash fourth and one. Instagram, we are now on. Go give us a follow at Fourth and One Podcast. Go give us a follow. Some great content we post on there weekly and sometimes daily. NBA players will no longer be tested for weed. Uh, they used to be tested, and then you're good. Keep going. And now, uh, NBA players used to be tested for uh, weed, but now. 
and just not punished if they tested positive, much like the NFL now, but now NFL players won't be tested at all. This was is a continuation from last season, and this will be uh, the new thing going forward. 18, speaking of NBA players, 18 former players defrauded the NBA health nice. care plan for upwards of $4 million. So all 18 were arrested and charged. Some of them were big-time players, including Terrence Williams, who was a high first-round draft pick back in 2009, I believe. And there was some others, including Glenn Davis and Tony Allen, members of the championship 2008 Boston Celtics team. So some big names are on that list. We will keep you updated as things go along. Ben Simmons finally decided that he got tired of the 76ers taking away his money. And so they he decided to report to uh, training camp and preseason. So they stopped taking away all his money. The team, though, says that they are still actively trying to find a trade partner for Ben Simmons. However, the trade market for him is quite mm, low, uh, to say the least. The Boston Red Sox are the first MLB team to advance to an uh, ALC or the the. LCS, the League Championship Series, as they defeat defeat the top-seeded Rays in four games, six to five last night, with a walk-off sack fry by Kike Hernandez, who is currently the hottest hitter on the planet. At one point, he had nine straight hits in the series. Kyrie Irving, kind of jumping back to basketball, really should have put this in there. Kyrie Irving will no longer allow to be to participate in the Nets either games or practices until he can fully participate. Currently, Kyrie Irving is not allowed to uh, be indoors in New York because of the mandated COVID protocol. He is currently not vaccinated. However, he did show up to practice earlier this week, which makes people think he at least had one dose of the vaccine. So we will keep you posted there. So he would not be eligible to return to the Nets. The Nets are not allowing him to return until he can fully participate, which would mean he would have to be fully vaccinated, which takes about a month. And finally, John Gruden, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, resigned last night. This is in the wake of a emails uncovered by the league. And if you can cut the music here, Simeon, uh, thanks. Uh, John Gruden, these emails were anything from, um, they had racist remarks, but they also have homophobic remarks and as well as misogynistic remarks. And the first one dates all the way back to 2011, which was the first one when the story originally broke. It was him calling the him making a racist remark uh, towards the president of the NFL Players Association. However, then more emails were uncovered and they last were found in 2018 before he was hired by the Las Vegas Raiders that had to do with him disparaging the NFL hiring women referees, uh, the NFL allowing the Los Angeles Rams, or at the time St. Louis Rams, of drafting of Michael Sam, an openly gay player, 
And also, he was very critical of the NFL's new rules to prevent concussions. So if it wasn't worse, uh, bad enough that he was a little racist and misogynist and homophobic, then he didn't even care about player safety. So he decided to resign in the wake of all this. And I think that that's a good call. Uh, a lot of people were going to give him a pass for what he said originally back in 2011, considering it was 10 years ago, but with a pattern of all the way up until 18, it's clearly a pattern and something that cannot be tolerated in the NFL. However, uh, so his second chance was kind of just, he was given a second chance without anyone knowing it, and now here we are. And that was the check down. Oh. Well, and also Baker Mayfield. People need to get off Baker Mayfield's rear end. Did you see this? People are like, Baker Mayfield can't win. Blah, blah, blah. Baker Mayfield. After his team scored 42 points, 563 total yards offense with zero turnovers, and yet the defense gave up 49 points. But, yeah, yeah it's Baker I don't, Mayfield's I don't, fault. I think it actually goes to show the opposite on how well he did because he came back after a really – crappy week and was able to put up 42 against the pretty good and good, pretty good high-powered offense in the Chargers. Um, so I thought it spoke volumes, actually, his performance yesterday, that I think he's going to become le legit. I think it speaks more that the Browns did a Browns thing and lost by seven to the, you know, when they have the best team that they've had ever. Um, you know, they did exactly what the Browns do, and they shouldn't have. Well, uh, they... They didn't throw the ball. Baker Mayfield was efficient on Sunday. Again, no turnovers, over 70% completion percentage. He he didn't turn the ball over, and yet they didn't run the ball at all in the fourth quarter. They Or they didn't throw the ball at all in the fourth quarter. They just ran it while the running game was effective. The, the Chargers just kind of loaded up. But Baker Mayfield was on point on Sunday, but yet he's not dynamic enough to win NFL games and win you a championship. You have to have someone like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert doesn't help. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback, and he might—he's the MVP—he's the MVP of the league right now. But or you're gonna—you're—you're you're going to go get someone else, or not sign him to a extension, Baker Mayfield, because he completes seventy percent with zero turnovers and over three hundred yards passing, and yet your defense gives up forty-nine points. And Bart Scott's like. Baker Mayfield's not dynamic. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Bart Scott, an ex-linebacker for the New York Jets. I got a question how for does you. It, how do you feel being the UConn of the pro football? Yeah, how do you feel representing the re representing the side of the ball that is oh, I'm constantly sorry. I'm the sorry. UConn of football? That's, putting, that's mean to UConn because, you know, UConn has women's basketball, so there is a history of success in the organization. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but but no, it's Baker Mayfield's fault. It's not. It's not. You know, the Browns' defense for giving up forty nine points. <laughs> yeah. Or, oh my God, I I just don't understand why I have to constantly one, defend how dare you. a Heis, a Heisman Trophy winning first overall draft pick who turned around the worst franchise in sports. And, the, and he was, Baker Mayfield was not Cleveland's first high-drafted quarterback, okay? They had 
Yeah. 15 plus chances including at a another Heisman quarterback. Winner, trophy winner. Who did Johnny Manziel draft that was the other Heisman? Wasn't he? Wasn't he Heisman? Oh. Yeah. 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 Mhm. Yep. I mean, Johnny, well, that, that's a whole nother thing, but they, they yep. had Brady Quinn, they had Tim Cat. I mean, they had everybody on that squad and no one but yeah it's baker mayfield's fault that the defense gave up 49 points absolutely the browns defense has been under like we've we've covered this last year the defenses in general have been underachieving this year um across the board Um, we we don't know what that is for but it's the case and it kind of it is what it is but uh yeah, no, that's that's a little stupid. I think when you look at fantasy numbers, it kind of goes to show you when when he has. So I have both Odell and Baker, and when he had almost the same amount of points as Patrick Mahomes, and Odell had two points. What is what what does that show you? Yeah. You know, like you have a great wide receiver. Don't get me wrong; it's not like Odell has been. You know, that year that he made that amazing catch, Odell, where he was on fire. But, you know, it, it still goes to show you what's what's the issue with. When I can basically, well, at any Pete, time, touchdown Nick Chubb at, like, 150, and I get it every single time, what does that tell you? It tells you that they're running the ball, and it tells you, you their defense sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and people are like, well, he has Odell Beckham, and he's not pushing the ball down the field. Who cares? He put up 42 points. Well, you should win the. Literally, teams were 462 and 0. They were unbeaten when they had 40 plus points, over 500 yards total offense, and zero turnovers. And the Browns screwed that up. Speaking of teams that are. Speaking of. No oh. defense. Oh, Let's I was, right was going to go to speaking to teams that were undefeated with the stat that blew that undefeated mark this season, this, oh, no. this weekend. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Was Alabama. 100 and mm-hmm. 100 and O, literally 100% against... Well, no, they, they, they were in their last 100 games. They had not lost... They had won a hundred straight games yeah, to an. Sorry, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking of they won a hundred straight game in their last hundred. They are a hundred and zero against unranked teams, and in the last forty-two, and, well, it was forty-three, but you know, was forty-two. Nick Saban was forty-two and zero against former assistants. Uh, it was uh, twenty. I got the numbers backwards. You just you, you got the numbers backwards. They also had a nineteen-game winning streak. And they had a podcast host go on Instagram and say that you should not watch that game at all because it was going to be a route in Alabama's favor. Yeah, Texas A&M never, like, basically gave up the football. Womp womp. We, of course, are talking about the number one team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide, going to College Station, the home of the Texas A&M Aggies, and losing. That is right. The number one team in the nation went down to Texas A&M. When was the last time that lost. happened in the regular season? Did you look that up by chance? That the number one team went yeah. on the road or just lost, lost in the, during the regular season? Uh, uh, I have not, but it's been it's been a while because Alabama again Alabama was on a 19 game winning streak, so that took up basically all of last year. 
Yeah, well, all of last year. Alabama was basically won all of last year, and they, they never lost. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to look that up. 2008. So I'll just keep on rolling right along. 2008. Then number one team. Number in the one, world. USC lost to Oregon State. Yep, in Corvallis. Yes. Okay. So Alabama, it was a great kind of game plan by Texas A&M. Zach Calzada kind of... It really came out of nowhere because really everyone on the game day set, it was, they were Alabama route, Alabama route. They didn't even cover this game. This was anticipated in the preseason to be a top 10 matchup, even maybe a top 5 matchup that game day was certainly going to be at, that you know everyone was going to have to watch. And now, and that, but then because of Texas A&M losing their quarterback and then losing two games, people really weren't paying attention to it. And they, they kind of pulled this out of out of nowhere. So, I yeah, I feel foolish for telling everyone not to watch the game. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. And that's just how it is. So the number one team in the nation goes down. How will that affect the top ten and our top tens? Uh, you will find out later in the show. Now, speaking of no defense, the Big 12 finally had the Big 12 no defense mo- moment. In the Red River rivalry, Texas, up 28-7 to at the end of the first quarter, blows that lead to the Oklahoma Sooners. Yes, I hear you, and I'm Thanks. ignoring you, Simeon. Spencer Rattler was benched, and Samantha, I have a question for you. Spencer Rattler was benched ha- uh, about a quarter and a half in. True freshman Caleb Williams came in the game and led the ferocious 21-point comeback to and made some pretty impressive throws, including what might be the catch in the year by Marvin Mims, the go-ahead touchdown there to win the game. But if you're Texas, I mean, I knew you had no defense, but oh my goodness, to blow a 28-7 lead is just... Really bad. It's honestly kind of an Oklahoma thing to do with how well, bad here, Oklahoma's defense has been playing. It's actually four points away of being an Atlanta Falcons thing to do. and Or, you it's know, actually, two uh, games yes. away of being a Warriors or Indians thing to do. But y- you know what's it? You know what's it? It's a thing to do. It's a very it's Browns a, It's a Browns defense. defense. It's honestly a Pittsburgh's offense thing to do. It's It's very... It doesn't surprise me, though. And here, I wanted to say this. I didn't get to say this to you on on Saturday when we were watching the Michigan game. And I know I'm interrupting your little spiel. I'm sorry. But... No, go for it. What was the thing that you said about Texas being back at the beginning of the season? I'll answer the question. Give them a year. Let them figure it out. It's going to be... Mm -hmm. It's going to take it. So the fact that they were... To me, the fact that this was even a game was impressive to me. I wasn't expecting this. To, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not expecting this to be a game. When you allow 20, I want to say it was 23 points. I think it was less. It was maybe only 20. To a UL, a UL uh, the, the Raging Cajuns, to the University of, of Louisiana. When you allow that many points. I forget who they lost to. Um, when you they lose to, to Arkansas, Arkansas, as Arkansas goes on their tear. When you, the fact that you went into the Cotton Bowl... You know, neutral ground, which it is neutral ground when you play that rivalry game, and I'm not going to say it because I always stroke out halfway through it. It's good on Texas, 
to me. To me, this is a it, this was a good game for Texas. It doesn't surprise me that they blew it. You know, a twenty eight point lead. No, and I did kind of come out with a more respect for Texas. Texas offense is going to be hard to stop. Bijan Robinson, if they had won that game, probably was in the front seat for the Heisman. He is still amazing, and he still has a chance to win the Heisman. He made a run that if it was a touchdown would be the run of the year. It was Reggie Bush-esque. It was he took a handoff down the sideline, put on the brakes, juked one defender, juked another. He broke eight tackles on the play. It, it was just incredible. So keep an eye on Bijan Robinson. Before we move on, Simeon, Spencer Rattler, I'm of the belief that you start Caleb Williams this week, but if things kind of don't, go well kind of right off the bat for Caleb Williams you kind of got to go back to Spencer Rattler but this could be the end of Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma because he can leave for the NFL draft or he can transfer somewhere else but I also like Caleb Williams because he is a dual threat he kind of helps that running game out and you saw that with Kennedy Brooks going for over 200 yards in the game once and they had like no rushing yards up until Caleb Williams came in because you have to respect the edge for him to pull it for Caleb to pull it out and take um, around. If the I'm edge. Spencer Rattler, I can't do what Lincoln Riley wants me to do. I think I mean I've been I, I haven't been harking I haven't been banging that bell all season. I've been saying, hey, he's not as hot bleep as everybody thinks that he is they don't have another J- Jalen Hurts. They don't have another Baker Mayfield. They don't have another Kyler Murray here. Watch out when they hit a QB slump all of a sudden. And then they run into Texas. He throws, what, two picks? Yeah, it was, it was only it was one interception that, t- that wasn't his fault. It was the tight end's fault. And but he did have a fumble that was he, he underperformed in a way that isn't just a bad game. Well, and it was eerily similar because last year, it was the exact same thing. It was interception, fumble. He got benched for two quarters. Then uh, Tanner Mordecai, the SMU quarterback, who SMU Mustangs are six and zero, came in for a quarter and a half. Then ha- then he was, and then after halftime, Spencer came back in, and then Spencer kind of went on that run for Oklahoma and kind of led them to that Big Twelve title. So it was, it was weird because the season, the seasons for Spencer Rattler have started almost exactly. I'm, I'm the same. interested if I'm Spencer Rattler, if I want to play at the next level, which most of these guys do. Okay, um, there's a guy who plays for the Colts, a wideout, who's. Went to a D2 school, which football program doesn't even exist anymore. So I just say that as most of these guys want to play next level, I'm probably transferring next year. I have to transfer next year. I'm not going to win the job back if I can't get it back this. I don't think he's starting this week. I still don't think he's good. I mean, I always want people to succeed. I don't hate the guy. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't think he was as hot as what he is. If he was... Who who does... who does Oklahoma have this? Uh, I don't. I should have had that up. I'm sorry. Uh, the the thing is, is because Caleb Williams had so much success, I think that you at least have to start him. But again, Caleb Williams is a true freshman. He goes into the Red River rivalry and just kind of gets thrown into it. So Texas, I do kind of see that he would have had success because a running they quarterback when you're they have injected in. I mean, this week. So it's so it's TCU. So TCU 
is essentially kind of the same defensive standard as Texas right now, as in they there isn't really one. So if Caleb Williams it, it really struggles at the beginning of this game, I could see them going back. But again, the problem isn't necessarily with Spencer Rattler. It, it is in some regards because he's kind of forcing the ball. But the main problem is with the OU offensive line. Once they started running that ball when Caleb Williams came in, that game completely flipped. Oklahoma took that game over. They ran over 100 plays. Texas' defense was on the field for a long time in 90-plus degree weather, and they kind of wore them down. But again, they had not run the ball like that all year until Caleb Williams came in. So I'm interested to see if they start Caleb Williams, A, how the running game looks, B, how does Caleb look, and see if Caleb kind of struggles, throws a pick, the offense isn't very efficient, the running game's okay, but nothing. Do they go back? I think to this Spencer? is the biggest thing that Spencer Rattler showed me. And I think this is why I'm, I'm getting it. I think you're right. Here's the deal for Oklahoma. Before I get back, I'm hanging, I'm hanging on to why Spencer, I have a, he's rubbing me the wrong way. Oklahoma has TCU, Kansas. Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, and then Oklahoma State. They finish out with the in-state rivals. The Texas Tech always plays them hard. Iowa State always plays them hard. They should have, they should be, in theory, they shouldn't have any problems until Iowa State. So if he does, and Riley did say, right. I saw it in an article four hours ago, he said he's not naming anybody yet, so we don't know who he's naming. It's going to be Caleb. If he's not naming anyone yeah. yet, so, it's Caleb Williams so to start. Yeah, You have a good stretch of games here where you can play Caleb. and He can get some serious snaps. And then he goes into that shoot-him-out rivalry with a number 12, probably top 10 school in the nation by the time they get there. Um, you know, de facto Big 12 championship game. And all of a sudden, you have a guy with some serious that can run, that can gun, is athletic. The thing with Spencer is, and I'm coming back to it now, which is this is the difference, and this is why. I think he's. I think you get to see how cocky, for lack of a better term, you have to be at quarterback because of how much you have to believe in yourself in order to be – because you basically have to be perfect. You, you, uh, it's funny you mentioned that up because they mentioned this about Justin Herbert. You have to have a, uh, what was it? A quiet, quiet mind. Uh, uh, well, no, it, it's called like a quiet, like ignorance yes. about yourself. I mean, ignorance is the wrong word, but it has to be. You have to know that, yeah, I can fit this ball. Yeah, I can burn you and on a 40-yard dime pass down the sideline. Or I can take this little, but I'm also okay taking this little five-yard out on third and five and yeah. picking up the first down, right? And so I think Spencer, the he can say what he wants. The booze at home in the West Virginia game definitely affected him, and he's just yep. pressing he's too hard right now. So I'm interested. Right, so I'm interested to see if Caleb if Caleb does struggle, he gets to start and he does struggle, which I'm assuming he kind of will, being a true freshman and all. And Spencer gets another shot. If we'll kind of just relax, that's kind of what I'm thinking, in. and that's what he needs to do. Honestly, if I'm Spencer, um, you know, if I don't start another game, I'd go up to Happy Valley. 
um, over Christmas break. I'm headed up to Penn State. I'm switching camp because I think he'd be a good fit in Penn. I think he'd be a good fit for Penn State as a quarterback there in their system, the way they like to run. I think it takes a lot less off the quarterback. He can use his legs a little bit more. Well, you, you don't. You you don't even. I I mean, honestly, yeah, you can go to Happy Valley. You could go to Iowa. Uh, I mean, you can Michigan, go just you know a couple things you, up. Yeah, you can go. You can pretty much go any. I mean, the Tide might have an opening. No, they're not going to have an Auburn. Auburn will have yeah, an opening, I think, but I think he needs to get out of the lights in order to be a great quarterback. I think that's the thing. Well, Happy Valley's not going to. He's gonna be lit yeah, up. Yeah, but in you know it's Valley. but it's I mean, in the middle playing. of nowhere. They're more low key. It's laid back. It's more laid. It's a the Big Ten is more laid back than Southern football. I think he needs to get out of the South. I think he needs to True. get out of the South. I think oh, he needs to get out of L. You can't go to L. A. Go to Washington. Even I don't care. Stanford. He's probably smart. Anyway, let's move on to your next point. Uh, speak. Well, yeah. Speaking of the South, uh, and speaking also continuing on the no defense trend, Arkansas and Ole Miss played. And no defense was to be had. They put up over 90 points, over 1,200 yards total offense. They really proved just how good both Georgia and Alabama were because both those teams kind of shut Arkansas and Old Miss down respectively. And these two teams kind of just went back and forth all day. Both, the, I, I, both of my two losses this week were the Red River rivalry as Texas lost and Old Miss minus the six as Old Miss hung on for a one-point win. But it was one of those weeks where I felt like I went 5-0 and because the games were so great. I just felt really good about the games. Like, you didn't care that you lost. And that's what I'm all here for with, with college football. Lane Kiffin after the game, and I wish we kind of could get this clip for you, but I'll just... I'll tell you what they did. They the reporter asked him after the game because Arkansas scored the game winning or the game tying touchdown and then went for two instead of kicking the field goal. And so they went for the win and not overtime. Basically, they Arkansas didn't get it, so Old Miss won the game because that was with no time left. They asked the reporter asked Lane Kiffin after the game in a game filled with very little stops. What can you say about your defense? as they got uh, the final stop of the game. And he said, and I quote, well, we really didn't stop them. They just went for two, and they just didn't get it. So I'll take what I can get. That is a very, very Nick Saban thing to do. And if you're a USC fan, or if you're an old Miss fan, not wanting Lane Kiffin to possibly leave to go back to USC... It, that quote right there shows me that Lane Kiffin grown up has grown up because in the past he'd be like, yeah, this game was awesome, you know, offense galore and the defense, it was what it was. But he was legitimately angry that his defense gave up 55, 62, whatever it was, points. I think it was 55 points. In the game, he was legitimately angry about that, and as he should be. And that's a very Nick Saban kind of response. It was kind of a backhanded compliment to the defense. I'm sure that Old Miss's defense this week will be much better. I actually have their game this week on one of my top five biggest games, so we'll get to that in just a minute. But I kind of liked what Lane Kiffin showed, a little maturity, a little um, sarcasm, but yet... What do you call it? Passive yeah. aggressiveness. He showed that little passive aggressiveness. And listen, the defense is going to hear that. 
And what what can you say if you're you're the defense? What how can you argue with him? You didn't stop them all game, and so I, I don't know. It was a fun game to watch. It proved again just how much better Arkansas and Alabama, even with the loss, they both are, and how they are the top of the SEC. So, but it becomes a very interesting conference right now. Ohio State, no matter what Simeon says, is a top ten football team. I understand it was Maryland, and yes, to Simeon's point, anyone can beat Maryland. However, they hung 66. This is probably the best offense in the entire nation. Nah. Their their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, went back-to-back games of 400, of plus 300-plus passing yards and five TUDs and no interceptions or turnovers he has 10 touchdowns and no interceptions in the last two games he also has 750 yards passing which is as many as Cade McNamara has for Michigan I get it different defenses but yes and I understand it's Maryland but this offense is here's my point no we don't know that yet they can be they're going up against you kind of do haven't played a real team yet and the one real team that they have played they lost to that's my point yeah, but they still Talk, put up 500 okay, yards of and, offense of the, on that team. So has so has Coastal Carolina. They, it doesn't mean that they're the best team in the. Doesn't mean that they're the best team in the freaking NCAA. Listen, I will give them a top five spot once they beat. I think Penn State's their first big game. Once they beat Penn State, I'll give it to them. Okay. Uh, if, so, if, so if Sean Clifford's weeks, back, it, okay. It, 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 in well, Penn State's a real defense. Regardless of Sean Clifford, Penn State's a real defense. So it, so let me. Penn State goes to Happy Valley. Ohio right? State in does. two weeks. It's a bit in two. It, it, well, um, I, I'm sorry. No, Penn yeah. State goes to the Horseshoe. Yeah. Goes to Columbus. So in two weeks, it's a huge yeah. week for the Big Ten. Michigan, yep. Michigan State, and Ohio yeah. State and Penn State. They both play on that weekend. So we're going to figure out some things in two yeah. weeks here with the Big Ten. Sean Clifford doesn't play but the ohio state offense puts up 500 total yards and 35 points and wins the game are they right below right below georgia sean clifford plays they put up 500 total yards of offense 35 points and they lose they're out of the top 10 and penn state is back in the top 10 if they lose okay. the game, 500, five, 500, 500, yeah. yes. No, yeah. Okay, I respect that. 500 total yards of offense, yeah. 42 points. They win the game on a missed field goal by Penn State. Top team. Top top, top four. The, the, top four. The, probably two or three, depending on how bad Iowa looks at the time. Okay. Okay. The, the, right. the thing is, I need them All to right. play a real defense. The only real defense that they've played so far and that's saying something is Oregon and they lost that Oregon that Oregon loss of all the one loss teams out there right now that Oregon loss is the worst on somebody's record on a great team's record and i will get they have a very high powered offense but i so, but so Alabama's loss to A&M is better than Ohio State's loss to Oregon yes no, you're out of your mind. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of fun. <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of fun in. Uh... <laughs> I'm in how danger. Is... So how is A and M 
A&M didn't have a you – know, they're, they're on their second-string right. quarterback. Yes he, put, yes, he played well, but A&M was I, I need to look at – I, I don't – I was doing research when you decided to bring up my one hot take of the season besides F, SMU winning the American is the fact that Ohio State isn't a top-10 team yet. And for that fact, I don't know who I – th- I forget the cupcakes that Alabama played. I don't know the cupcakes that Ohio State played. I have to look at their first three games. If oh, The problem is, is Ohio State hasn't played anybody in the Big Ten, but Alabama's first game was against Miami. You know, they've also played SEC teams. All, all, all right, all right. All right, wait, wait, time out. Let's yeah. just put a pause in this. You click, click, click on your computer. Okay. You do the research. Okay. We'll get back to this. Let me talk yes. about Iowa and Penn State since we're kind okay. of in that bracket anyway. So the Iowa-Penn State game was living up, lived up to the hype. It was great. It was a win- victory for Iowa. However, Iowa's defense is amazing. Yes, their secondary just has basically wide receivers just playing secondary, except they're all cornerbacks and safeties. They're amazing. They have ball skills of the receivers. They know the routes before that they're coming, and then they run them basically for the receiver. Okay. However, they're not dynamic at all on offense. Until Sean Clifford went out of that game at the end of the second quarter, I believe. It was 17 to 3 when Sean Clifford went out. Yeah. Penn State was dominating that game. 110%. They were going to walk all over Iowa. I don't I don't care what anyone says. Iowa it, it, it Iowa is not the second best team in the nation because they are not dynamic at all on offense. Their defense is fantastic. Their secondary is fantastic. But Penn State in their first two drives went zoop, zoop, zoop right down the field on them and put up 14 points. Then on their like fourth or fifth drive of the game at the end of the at the end of the break, they were going zoop, zoop, zoop right down the field. A Sean Clifford injury. Uh, derailed that. They kicked a field goal. They up seventeen to three at halftime, and then he wasn't able to return. and And they kind of their defense wasn't able to hold, as you would imagine, because their offense was just the Nittany Lions offense behind their backup quarterback was not good. Penn State, I believe, looks like at currently with Sean Clifford, if healthy, looks like the best team in. The Big Ten. Well, I should say this. they look like the most complete team. I am with Simeon with I. I need to see Ohio State really play a good defense, like a legit defense, and Penn State will be the first. I'm hoping Sean Clifford can play in that game because I think that Penn State offensively, defensively, is the most complete team because they got some playmakers on offense. They they're fast. They're physical on defense. They're athletic on defense. If Sean Clifford doesn't turn the ball over, he did have two interceptions in that Iowa game against that secondary before he went out, and it was 17-3. to They are a playoff championship. They are a national championship contender, 100%, absolutely. Simeon, so, you need more time? No, or can no, I keep no, going? I'm good, I'm good. Here, here's the issue. This is what we run into. Iowa, technically, if, if I'm ranking them right now, just let me check out Tulsa's record right now. Yeah, they've played two cupcakes. Iowa State has played Tulsa and Akron. Okay. Um, my uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Alabama has played. Oh, never mind. I missed University of Southern Miss. They played two cupcakes as well. But we look number. Uh, we look at a win over Old Miss, ranked. A win over Florida, ranked, and a win over Miami, ranked. 
That's three. They're three of their five. Yeah, Miami shouldn't have been. Miami ranked, shouldn't though. be ranked right now. Week one ranking. Miami isn't ranked. Were they right ranked? Now. Oh, Miami's Miami's two and three. It shows uh, the, the ranking at the time. So they, they have played. at the time that they played. They have three, three ranked. Three of their five wins were ranked. So. Okay, I'll give you two out of the five because I'm not counting Miami because Miami okay. should not have been. That Let's good. look anyway. Rutgers, Maryland, and Minnesota. Those are the other games that Iowa that that those are the those are the other games that Ohio State played of theirs. Their two other wins were to were to Tulsa and were to Akron. So strength of schedule wise, yeah, Alabama's the better team. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They need to play a real team. Once they play a real team, that's the check mark for them. They pass the eye test. See, see, now you got me conflicted because now, now I'm making a Penn good point. State oh no! And, and Ohio and Ohio State plays. It is a good point. It's a fair point. But now when Penn State and Ohio State play, I normally root for Ohio State because I hate Penn State so much. But now I have to kind of root for Penn State. But I also kind of want to root for Ohio State just to make your just to make sure that your point yeah. is not valid. That's so now you got me all conflicted. You throw me off my spot. It became personal. Yes, with it me. is very personal with me. Uh, Georgia. Let's just say in the SEC. Either way, Georgia's the best the team in yeah. the country right now. Yes, they finally have unlocked their passing game a little bit. Their deep passing game. They're running the ball very well. That defense is still giving up like five and a half points a game, even though they gave up ten to Auburn. It was just absolutely. Georgia is just so good right now. I honestly, I think Ohio. I think Ohio State's offense, the dynamic, the amount of receivers that they have, the way they can run the ball, they're the only team that could actually score consistently on Georgia. So we'll have to see how the uh, season turns out. Michigan, we watched this game together, Michigan at Nebraska. Michigan came away with a 32-29 win at Lincoln at night. I, the media is not they're like yeah okay good win michigan this is a great win for michigan in my opinion yeah nebraska's three and three nebraska's a lot better than their record nebraska has improved a lot i actually think kind of in the west they can they'll start to make a little noise here and they might go on a run yeah it's iowa's to lose but i think that they're a much better team that their record suggests also Cade mcdamara at the end of the game was interviewed because John Harbaugh ran off the field before he could be interviewed. Ken McNamara said that no disrespect. He said, quote, no disrespect, but in past years, we lose this game every single time. And he is 100% correct. In the last four years, my wife has only been following college football and Michigan for since we've known each other. So for five years. She said, even she said, that's a game that they normally... I didn't even say anything. She goes, I feel like that's a game that they would have normally lost in the past. Absolutely 100% correct. They lose that game in the last four years 10 out of 10 times. They had a 13-point lead. Then Nebraska got hot. Cade McNamara finally threw an interception. So Michigan finally has their first real turnover of the season. They came back. Besides that interception, Michigan's offense really wasn't stopped in the second half. I went back and watched it. They just had to kick a bunch of field goals. 
and Nebraska got touchdowns. They lost the lead. They came back, got the lead, then lost it again, and then tied the game, and then forced the game-ending turnover to kick the game-winning field goal. I was very impressed. I thought it was a ginormous step forward. I thought it showed a lot of swag that this team have that we kind of talked about last week. What were your thoughts on the game? This is how I want to put it. Michigan is playing as Michigan should play. They've won every game that they should have won. They've played every drive the way that it needs to be played, or close to. They're at 60%. Like you said, like normally Michigan, interception, momentum swings the other way. Past four years, it's just been downhill. This time they came back out, they got a stop. They came, they came back out, they drove down the field and scored. They looked like they were a complete football team with what they needed to do. They looked like they needed to, they did everything that they wanted to do, and then some. They looked composed. They looked professional, shall we say. They looked like Michigan should play. It doesn't mean anything. They've done what they should have been doing. Great. You're at zero sum now, okay? You're at you're at right. what you should be doing. Now go impress me. It's this next four-ish, four to five-ish weeks that you have that you need to impress me because you've played all the games. You should be 5-0. Normally, normally, Michigan should be on... Six and six and zero. You should be six and zero. Michigan is playing the games that Michigan should play. You should be in the same conversation. We should be wondering. We should be saying, "Oh, there's Michigan here at five and zero. Ohio State has to still beat them instead of instead of us looking. Well, Michigan still has to beat Ohio State, even though Ohio State has one loss. You see what I'm saying? Like the fact, normal Michigan should be should be ranked third right now in most seasons. Michigan should be ranked second right now in most seasons. So, um, I don't kind of agree. I still think that they're overranked at nine. Oh, I do too. Their offense, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 or they're actually eight now. They, their offense, their passing game is coming along. 250 yards. They were very balanced. Ran the ball for 42 times, threw the ball 38 times. Cade, again, very efficient. Uh, I mean, he was 58%, but the offense was kind of always moving forward. But again, to your point, it was Cade through the interception. Nebraska got a touchdown, right? Then Michigan normally would go three and out and fold. They came out, ran the ball right down the field, and scored a touchdown again. It was – but, again, to your 100% point, as you are just uh, rocking this podcast today, sir, Michigan – their toughest schedule. They have a bye week this week. Then they have Northwestern. They should hammer Northwestern off of a bye. I do not care. I want that to at least be a 21-point game going into the fourth quarter. At least. Okay? I want everything to look good because I think it's even at home. Northwestern off of a bye. Then they get Michigan State at the, at, uh, at in East Lansing. Those two teams are almost identical. Right now, uh, it's Michigan 8, Michigan State 9, so you're going to figure out who's the better team real quick. Then it's Indiana, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. So this is basically easy, hard, easy, hard. Yeah. Easy, hard. Right. And again, no disrespect to Maryland, Indiana, or Northwestern, but Simeon just said it. Though Michigan, this Michigan team is good enough to beat those teams, no matter is good enough to beat North, is good enough to blow out Northwestern, good enough to be in a fight with Indiana, and good enough to absolutely demolish Maryland. They're just good enough to do that. The question is, Penn State at Happy Valley, probably at night in a whiteout. 
at home in Columbus against the best offense in the nation and at East Lansing against a team that is literally exactly like you, that will punch you in the mouth, run the football, and throw the football and play great complementary defense. So Michigan and Ohio State, they got a lot to prove. Arizona State really impressed me. They remind me a lot of Michigan. They're extremely balanced. They're almost even both in passing game and um, their rushing game. They uh, beat up on Stanford. They were actually my first win of the week on Friday night. They were extremely good. Again, their only one loss was to BYU when they outgained and out-time of possession them but turned the ball over four times. Speaking of BYU, BYU's playoff hopes went out the window on Saturday when they blew a 10-point lead at halftime to Boise State. They outtime a possession Boise State. They outgained Boise State, but yet they still lost that because they had three turnovers. So again, turnovers are the big key. One thing Michigan's not doing this year. Kentucky. Kentucky absolutely annihilated the Tigers from Baton Rouge. Ed Orgeron, how hot is so his hot. seat? It's ridiculously hot. Two years off of a national championship and what some people were considering the greatest offense ever until the next year where Alabama ripped through everyone. Just Kentucky, are they for real, though? Because they should have lost the Florida game. They were monstrously outgained, but they had a... um, um, a field goal return for a touchdown, and the game was kind of messy. Then LSU. So are they for real? Because their offense is eh. They actually have a Penn State transfer at quarterback, Will Levis. He's kind of spinning the rock nice. So Kentucky is, gets a big test this week in Georgia, and that is one of my five games I will go over. So I also have so can, uh, LSU labels themselves DBU, right? DB Defensive Back University, and I have DBU. <laughs> I thought that was a good joke. And then UMass won the battle for last. Well, actually, UConn won the battle for last, technically, but UMass won the game. So UConn is now 0-7. UMass has a win. They celebrated like they just won the national championship, did UMass. Fans rushed the field. It was kind of awkward, but ESPN, man, they were all over it. They were yeah, you hyped. weren't you weren't the only person they, they were, who was uh... yeah, we're covering that game, which I was kind of surprised about. But it also kind of touched my heart that I know college football so well that I we like that the I quirks. covered that game. UConn, UConn this week facing an Ivy League school in Yale, and they are underdogs. Yale is there. or UConn is? Uh, uh, UConn is the underdogs. <laughs> It's Yale minus three right Aaron now. Aaron Meyer should just go coach UConn with how well. With how. Uh, well, that's a whole nother. I'm not thing touching that yet, itself. guys. All right. I want it known. I'm not going to let Makaya touch this as the producer of this podcast. We're going to wait till that plays out for the season. I know you want the hot takes. I know you want any everything, but we're not going to touch that until the end of the season. Then we can discuss Urban Myers. Yes, he's zero and five right now. But listen, everything's hottest when the fire first strikes. Okay. So give it a hot second. Give it five more weeks till he's 0-10. Then we can have a conversation. Okay. All right. So we're going to give it till he's 0-10. But let's move on. We are 51 minutes into this podcast, and we have a whole slate of five games to cover. So, so far, 
It's been quite the that podcast. More started off with whiskey for me. All righty, so let's get this party started. We have some. It's not a real intriguing slate it's in another and of down itself. Week. There's a lot of kind. Of, yeah, it's a down week. Um, there's some good games, but also not some good games. You got to kind of find well, the hidden gems. Starting not a lot of right off. Matchups. I bet you even have it. Sorry, you don't. You yep. turd muffin. You don't, have, don't have the battle for the South Tuesday tonight in one hour. Freaking Appalachian State versus at Louisiana. Uh, I'm sorry. No, because I thought that the new uh, mascot team of the podcast was UConn. I mean, yeah. Because they lost. But, like, it's still a good game. Still a good small school game. I, okay. Well, no right. one watches college That's football fair. on Tuesday night. You're telling okay? me you wouldn't I'm, if you I'm didn't sorry. Have to work tomorrow? Like... Yeah, shut oh, up. That's fair. Fair point. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know what? Let's just get this started. Number 19, BYU, going on the road to 5-1 and one Baylor. Baylor's only loss coming at the hands of a team I can't think of right now. You're going to make um, me look it up, aren't you? No, I have it somewhere here. Oh, my goodness. We are the worstest podcast on the interwebs, ladies and gentlemen. Hang on. I have it here somewhere. They lost to Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, yes. Okay. So Baylor only has one loss. Oklahoma State. Baylor still in contention for a Big 12 title game. Hope, assuming things go well. Uh, BYU coming off a, t- a very tough loss. Again, they outgained Boise State. They outtime of possession them, and they had four turnovers. So really, if you look at it, the offense was rolling, but it was the also the offense giving the ball away that was the reason why they lost. Meanwhile, Baylor is extremely balanced on both sides of of the ball. Uh, they got out time of possession last week. They weren't great on third down, and they played West Virginia. They blew them out, but they got out time of possession because they had such an explosive passing game last week. They weren't great, however, on third down. They were 4-14, and I think that that has a lot to play. BYU's getting six points here. I understand they're going on the road, but BYU is a lot... It just seems like an overreaction to a BYU team losing to Boise State because of four turnovers, right? It's it's kind of almost I had a game like this a couple weeks ago where it, it was it was the BYU I uh, Arizona State game. Arizona State the following week were underdogs that week because they turned the ball over four times, but you got to look inside the stats. BYU is a much better team than their loss indicates. The over-unders 50, Mr. Over-under. That's what I'm going to call you because all your locks are just over-unders. Every, all, all of your bets are over-unders. So, Mr. Over-under, are you touching 50? Am I touching 50? No. Okay. So, you're not touching the over-under. By the way, all of these uh, betting things I'm giving to you, we are recording on Tuesday this week because I'm flying to Florida. So, we are not able to record on Thursday. So, if the number... If the number... Either way, you take BYU plus the points. That's what I'm going to say. Right now, it's sitting at six. You take BYU plus six. I really like that. Yes, Baylor's good, but B- 
BYU isn't going to give up the explosive passing that West Virginia did to Baylor. They weren't great on third down, Baylor, which means that they really, all their offense came from explosive passing, and they got out time of possession by West Virginia. Uh, um, But they are balanced. It should be a good game. But it's BYU plus the points no matter what. And if you get, if that, and if it goes the other way and it starts seven or eight, you definitely hammer that right away. So at the time of this recording, it's BYU plus six. You take that and you just take BYU anyway. All righty. Moving on. Another very intriguing game. Both teams here, four and one, both coming off a bye. They are basically identical. Identical teams. I'm calling, I'm coining the term for this, the coin flip game or the identical team game. Okay? It is number 22 NC State going on the road to Boston College. Both teams coming off a bye. Over unders 51 and a half. Take the under. I'll let, uh, miss, okay. You take the under 51 and a half. NC State is an extremely good rushing defense. If you look at the offensive and defensive stats, there's a reason I'm calling this the identical team game because these teams are almost identical in both their stats. One, the only difference between them is that NC State beat Clemson and Boston College did not. So it's NC State minus three going on the road to BC. Again, both coming off a bye. This, honestly, you could just flip a coin. I just like Jeff Halfley. I like Jeff Halfley more, and that's Boston College. You take Boston College plus the three. I was, I was just about to ask that. I was thinking I was thinking also Boston College plus the three. Is this his first season? Second. Okay. He was there this last is very year. unlike Boston. This is Boston College under Matt Ryan uh, with Matt Ryan. Yes, it's, uh, it's, they're four it, and again, one, ladies and gentlemen. That is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their own their only loss was a heartbreaker to Clemson, where they fumbled the ball <laughs> on fourth and goal. Like they were going in, and the ball was snapped over the quarterback's head. That's the only reason they lost that game to Clemson. Again, Clemson is not what it was, but still, Clemson's a talk about some more Spencer Rattler. NC State's only loss was to West Virginia, I believe. What a team. West Virginia is an enigma. So, so they are. So, I like Boston College. You take Boston College plus the points. This this won't swing more than even if Boston College is on Friday when you're listening to this. Betting's going to make this even. Is what's going to happen? Yeah, it's basically going to turn out to be even. So you just take Boston College. Okay, so. So we have BYU plus the points and whatever. You take BYU anyway, and you take Boston College. However, again, flip a coin and figure it out. Oh, and Simeon says take the under. No, no, no. All righty. Oh, yeah, I do. Sorry. The fireworks game. That's what I'm coining. This next game is number 13, Old Miss, coming off in an impressive offensive explosion. 4-1 and one Old Miss going to... Knoxville, Tennessee, to take on the suddenly awoken Tennessee offense under Josh Harpool. They are four and two at the time. Old Miss is minus three. Yeah, Simeon. Both of the over under. Both of these teams can score. We know uh, Tennessee put up uh, forty eight this past week and sixty four the week before. 
Over under 79. What and the heck? Wait, who is, what is this game? I'm sorry. <laughs> Glad you were paying attention. Old oh Miss in Tennessee. Oh my gosh. 79 and a half? That's going to be the high, easiest. Right? Are you sure? Oh, it was. Again, this is Tuesday. And yesterday. It's 81 it was and, 79 a half and, a half. and a half now. Yeah. What? I yeah. hammer that under. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You How hammer you? that under. I guess There's you're no... both allowing, basic, putting up basically 40 points a game. There's no way you are getting to 81 points. Yeah, yeah. Especially after a week where, here's, again, I here's covered why. it. Here's why. Oh, you, Lane Kiffin criticizes the defense on national television, is passive-aggressive towards the defense. There's no way that he's going to allow a Tennessee team to score another 40 points if, if that he was puts 50, up 40 well, points. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, okay? Let's look at last five, just real quick. I'm sorry. Tennessee, uh, 41 points in a loss, 56 points in a win, 38 points in a... Oh, I'm sorry. Four, sorry. 34 points in a loss, 56 points in a win, 14 in a loss... 62 points to Mizzou in a win, 45 points to South Carolina in a win. And we have, right. we've had, they haven't had a game, and, but against and good, the Rebels haven't had a game, but against the Rebels good, haven't had a game under 40 in the past five games. Well, except Alabama. No. Where oh, was yeah, sorry, I was looking at Alabama's score. I'm sorry, I hate how they do that. Uh, so, so, Tennessee really only puts up points against basically bad teams. Again, this is gonna, they're going to put up yeah, twenty five. They're they're going to the put up twenty five like thirty. No, I think the over under is like sixty five, sixty three. It, it's it's like a twenty five thirty five. Yeah, you and I are on the same page, and that's sixty, not yeah. sixty five. Okay. Anyway, Old Miss is only getting I can three do points math. here because it's in Knoxville, in Knoxville. At night, and they just gave up a bunch of points. I'd like but to here, take this chance to apologize. This is about me doing that. To absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. I just, I can't. I get on a roll, and then you just throw some shit in there that you just can't come back from. Sorry, ma'am. You take, you take Old Miss. Right now, they're minus three. I would say if it gets any higher than five or six, you might want to look elsewhere. You might just want to bet the under. But if on Friday when you're listening to this, it's minus three or minus four, you take Old Miss. If it gets in the five or six range, I would look somewhere else because I do think that this is a close game. However, I don't think it's 80-plus points good. And we'll find out. All right, the game of, well, noontime hour is the number 12 Oklahoma State Cowboys going to Texas. How impressed were was everyone with Texas's loss to Oklahoma? Well, I'll tell you, Texas is favored by five and a half points, okay? Oklahoma State is a very balanced, they're a very good defense, however... Are they good enough? They haven't really played an explosive offense like Texas. Sanders, their quarterback, has five touchdowns and four interceptions. So he kind of turns the ball over a little bit. Texas 
very balanced. They're coming off a loss. They're going to be angry. It's another it's another Alabama assistant coach that knows how to coach defense and knows how to be passive aggressive and be angry at his defense, but still get them to perform and still coach them up. They have the uh, what what would have been the Heisman front runner as Bijan Robinson. He's going to get the ball and carry it a load. So. Can Oklahoma State's defense stop Bijan Robinson? Because you have to win the ball, you have to run the ball to win football games. You have to win the ball to run football games. So can Oklahoma State defense do that? I don't think so. Texas's defense is going to be better, at least a little bit. Oklahoma State, I still just haven't seen it offensively. If you look at their past five games, they've played okay teams, and they've put up only like 31, 24 points. Again, they're kind of in that Michigan, Michigan yeah, State playing class offensively this, this where, where it's defense with complementary ball. When you get into elite offense, that's when I'll start paying attention to you. Texas is five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over under 61, first of all, what do you think about that? Both teams can play defense. You take the under on this one. I think this is going to be like a 45. I, you, Texas can't, though. Te- yeah, Texas but you're, really th- can't. you're But you're thinking that that, that means Oklahoma State's going to – you think this is going to be a shootout? I don't think this is going to be a shootout. No, no, no. It's not going to be a shootout. I'm thinking it's going to be a 45-20 type game, 35-27 type game. Something, you know – I mean, the over-under 61 for a reason. So right there around there is where I think. I'm going to take the under, and I think I'm going to take Oklahoma State with the points. See, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to take Texas minus the points, well, minus I think the te- five and a half. I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game, personally. Whoa, I think that's more what I'm getting at. lock no. of the week? So... Oh. My lock of the week is actually interesting. Also, this week. That, that's not see. I, all right, all I don't right. know why Oklahoma State's not favored in this game. To me, they've been the they've been a because, very good again football because team. of what Texas because of what Texas did against Listen, a solid I, defense in. I'm listening Oklahoma to last you week. and just think and just saying that <sighs> I'm listening to you and saying, "Got to give them a year." I don't think they're going to work out the kinks. Now, granted. They're fought, They're they're in Austin. So yes, that's that's, that's why I think so I could be very much so, wrong, which is why so, it's not my lock of the week. So you could, so you can either take. Here's the thing, Texas. If it gets much higher than Texas minus six, again, if this is Friday, this is Tuesday, a time of recording. You can't stress that enough. If it gets much higher than six, you either take. The under, because I'm with Simeon, or you take Oklahoma State plus the points. If it gets to be six and seven and eight. If it's four, four and a half, five, five and a half, you take Texas, in my opinion. Either way, you take Texas to win the game. So I'm telling you to take Texas minus five and a half as it stands right now. If it gets much bigger than that, you take Oklahoma State. All right. Just so that all my bases are covered, I will still, however, I will count it in my record as going down as Texas five and a half at five and a half. So, just so everyone knows. All right, and then the game that probably really isn't a game: Kentucky at number eleven, Kentucky unbeaten at number one, Georgia, the best team in the country. 
Kentucky's getting 23.5 points. Simeon and the over-under is 44.5. Ponder that just for a second. Both very good defensive teams. Both very good defensive teams. Georgia, can you still have explosive passing on a good Kentucky defense? And all Georgia really has to do is just keep being them. Great defense. You're going to pound the rock. You're going to use your tight ends. You're going to be explosive down the field. Can Stetson Bennett continue to do that as he did with Auburn? I think so. Kentucky, can they run the ball against the Georgia defense that just is not allowing people to run the ball right now? Can they have explosive passing with Will Levitz and what they have on the outside? And again, as I mentioned before, Kentucky has a great defense. So this 23.5 number is because Georgia routed Arkansas by 37. Now they beat... And they beat Auburn by 24. So last week it it was 18 and a half, and I told you to take Georgia minus points. So that hit. So this is people are going to think it's a 24 point game. Over under is 45 and a half. That is a yeah. I think I'm actually taking the over on that one. But I I do. I, I I think. I think you take the under. I re- I don't think Kentucky is good enough offensively to put up because you're looking at like you need ten points. Georgia's going to probably score about yep. thirty five points, and I think right? Kentucky's going to score fourteen. So is con- one way or another, one of the teams is getting garbage time, a garbage time touchdown. If it's Georgia going from twenty eight to thirty five, awesome. If it's Kentucky going from seven or ten to fourteen or seventeen, then. I mean LSU. I mean LSU did put up twenty eight points on them. I mean, yeah, this is one of those things. But I don't know if it's for Kentucky. If it's just been okay, finish your thing, and then I want to talk about this game for a hot second because it goes into our next. It okay. goes into our next F- thing. I'm with you. I think yeah. you do take the over. I, I think that Kentucky will find a way to at least, like you said, put up 10 to 14 points, and then it's just a matter of how much is Kentucky's defense good enough to stop Georgia. And they kind of got lucky with Florida, but everyone else has put up a decent amount of points on them, and Georgia's going to be no different. They're going to control the ball. So I think you take the over there. And t- Georgia's going to win this game. Don't get it twisted, okay? In terms of the the point spread though at 23 and a half I think you take Georgia minus the 23 and a half I really you think they're going to cover and that's a huge yeah I, I it's a huge number but again it's my thing of I don't think Kentucky I think Kentucky gets max 14 points and then gives up 42 this- or or 35 what is this game right so that would be 28. No, it's at UGA. Right? Oh, dear Lord. Right. So I, I think it's Georgia minus the 23 and a half. I could be wrong. Uh, so whatever Here's, you want to do, people. Uh, if, if it gets much more, yeah. let me finish this. If it gets much more than 20, if it goes above 24, I think you take Kentucky plus yeah. the points. I really do. But if it stays right around that 22, 23 range, you take Georgia minus the points because I think this is a 35-14 game, and that's a 28-point swing right there. Okay, so, so here's, here's the thing. This is the only way 
the only th- I'm about to describe you the only scenario where Kentucky can do something, and then we're going to get into Makai okay. laughing at Simeon. Um, All right. Kentucky, either Georgia gets arrogant or Kentucky wins the coin toss and they give it to Kentucky first. Kentucky goes down the field, scores a touchdown. Okay. An opening opening drive touchdown. touchdown, Yeah, where all the plays are scripted. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then I'm with you. They come out on defense and get a stop and then score again. I don't care if that's a three or seven. Mm. That is the only way that Kentucky is winning this game. They need that momentum go, and they could blow that fourteen point lead. They need to. They need to stick I, with the momentum. I, That's the thing. So, so <laughs> I'm gonna make another podcast prediction, like I did last week on Instagram. I, I really don't think people I don't need either. to watch this game because I think it's a Georgia route. It's just whether or not they the, cover that. The is, I, I described to you the only scenario where this is an upset. Which, for the record, I kind of want to happen. Because it would be such a Georgia thing. Yeah, I mean, we... Yeah, well, we love chaos. We want 2007 to happen, and yeah. we're halfway there, and we just need top teams right. to keep losing. Okay, so, just to recap, and then we will get to our top tens. You take BYU plus the points. You take Boston College to win either outright or plus the points. You take Old Miss minus three or to win outright, whatever you want. And we both suggest you take the under in that situation. Oklahoma State. Simeon says you take Oklahoma. I say, uh, by the way, who's winning this game? Oklahoma State. I said I think Oklahoma State is. Okay. So I think Texas is going to win. I think Texas wins outright. So if you just want to pick an outright winner, pick Texas. Fine. But you take Texas minus five and a half. If it gets much more than six or seven, or if it gets into six and seven, you take Oklahoma State, though. You also take the under for this game. And then Georgia and Kentucky, you take the over 44 and a half, and you take Georgia minus 23 and a half as of right now. If it gets much more than 25, you look at, uh, I think you take Kentucky there. So just so that we're clear and we're not twisted, that are my top five biggest games of the week, which, you know, kind of suck a little bit, but it is what it is. Okay, top ten. For the record, also, just in case people think that I suck, Mm -hmm. before we get into top ten, two things. One's my lock of the week. Well, The other is, I am 40, uh, sorry, I am 54 and 25 in Pick'em for the NFL. Put me in the 96 and a half percentile. So, I am doing okay in other places, and I... And I won. Well, well, then you then you should have taken your you take your lock of the week from there. Be, you got to no, no, win no. some of these people money. Okay, okay. So here's you wanna, my lock you of the week. Do your lock Just of the because week it's now? interesting. Because I think you're we're gonna end okay. up arguing about my top ten. Okay, sure. You take uh, eighteen, number eighteen Arizona to win. Right now they're even to win. Just out Arizona State. Arizona State to win against Utah. They're even. The, the line's even right now. Yeah, they're even right now. Yeah, you jump all over that. He he is one hundred percent right. That's okay. My I, I did a lock of the week too, just because I have fun with it. My lock of the week was Washington is favored to incoming UCLA. I understand yeah, UCLA I has been playing like the beginning of the season. This week too. Well, they broke it last week, so I am not. I'm not understanding. 
I mean, maybe Vegas knows something we both both don't know. Lock of the week, absolutely. What Simeon just said, you hammer Arizona State. I like yours too. Um, at at Utah, and you take yeah. UCLA yeah, you at do. Washington, and I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling better about our our lock of the weeks that haven't been so hot over my yeah. five picks. Let me just tell you that. Okay. So, lock of the week, Simeon. It's lock of the week. Oh, wait. I actually have a, I actually um, have a sound for that. If you give me two oh. seconds. There you go. Lock it. Um, All right. So. All right. Excellent. So, Arizona State, and then my lock of the week is UCLA. Okay. So, the current top ten. I also did a top ten. I would like to go over just because some people tune in for actual <laughs> – Top 10 and not ridiculous takes. So the current AP top 10 is Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Oregon, and Michigan State. So of note, there are one, two, three, four, five Big Ten teams in the top 10, which is ridiculous. And then Alabama slips to uh, five behind, or yeah, five behind Cincinnati, and Oklahoma gets to win. So, Simeon, your top ten, the ridiculous top ten is... Well, I want, I want to hear yours first because we're going to end up arguing about that. Okay. Them. All right. All right. So, my top ten is Georgia, obviously, at number one. Iowa, fine. You can move up to number two. I don't have Penn State moving at all from last week at number three because the only reason they lost that game is because Sean Clifford went out. It was going to be a Penn State route or Penn State win by 14 points if Sean Clifford stayed in that game. I have Cincinnati at four. I, unlike you, think Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. Have Ohio State at five. I put Bama at six because their defense hasn't looked all that solid in now three games in their top three games. Oklahoma, I have them sliding because, well, Oklahoma should have lost the game. Michigan State put it on Rutgers. Oklahoma State, just because they didn't lose. I have Michigan entering the top 10. I did my top 12 here. I have Coastal Carolina at 11 and Kentucky at 12. Okay. So that is my top 10. I thought it was very interesting that I kept Penn State at three, but again, the AP poll doesn't take into consideration that their quarterback went out and they were winning yeah. the game by 14 points so, when he went out. So I think anyway, I had I think I ahead. had Ohio State at like 13 or something like that last week. I think I'm going to put them at. I think I'm going to put them at 10. Okay, so, that's so a so game we're going ti- backwards. That's a game we're time decision. Okay, I'm going to write no, this down. Also, no, I'm not going backwards. I keep I keep UGA at one. That's that's a lock. Okay. Okay. So number yep. one is UGA yep. and Georgia. I keep Iowa at two. Okay. Okay. I switch Cincinnati and Oklahoma. I really don't. So who's so who's no, three? Cincinnati. Oh you. Yep. Oklahoma. OU even, even with a bad win, win, I'm, I'm leaving book. there. I'm, and and Cincinnati is four. four. Okay. okay. I, I I don't hate this You're so far. To. So okay. keep going. We're about we're about. Okay. Yeah, we're about yeah. To get real. This is what people come uh, for right here. Michigan State at five. <laughs> You're right. Actually, I no. Sorry. Already. No. 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 <laughs> oh, no. 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 He's I'm changing moving his mind six because I realize there's a better five. Oklahoma State at five. 
Okay, you're out. You're almost as bad as that Instagram guy I sent you that had Oklahoma State at two. <laughs> no, they're not. You're ridiculous. I'm sliding them up to to to, to five. Okay. 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 So now we're. So Michigan State at six. And, no, we had we had a uh, five was Oklahoma was Oklahoma State. Six was Michigan uh-huh. State. I thought you said Michigan. Okay. Yeah, sorry, that's what I, I said. Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven. We'll put Kentucky. Don't like it. No, no, I'm putting them <laughs> okay. in eight. I'm putting Michigan. Um, just for uh, kicks and giggles, this is totally shouldn't. No, 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 no. I did think about. I did think this through. Wake Forest at nine. Uh, wait, oh, wait. Yep, we skipped yep, I'm coming seven back and to eight. Him. Wake Forest at nine. Oh yep. my gosh! All right. Wake is Wake is unbeaten. They're not a top ten team, no matter what Simeon says. But yep. Wake Forest is unbeaten and it has its Wake Forest or North Carolina State in tracked to get into the ACC and championship. This is game. literally Simeon just being ridiculous at this point. Just for those, uh-huh. uh huh. The <laughs> the Chanticleers at Coastal Carolina put them at seven. <laughs> okay. All right. And so then number eight. So ten is Ohio yep. State. Alabama. And who's eight? And Alabama's eight. <laughs> all right. So. All right. So here we go. <laughs> So I respect Georgia. I respect Georgia and Iowa. Fine, Oklahoma. You got to be out of your court. Their win should be more like a loss. But since they're sitting at four in the regular AP poll, fine. Cincinnati and is at four again. Whatever, that's fine. So your top four, I have very little argument with. You talk about people playing. Yeah people right and it and it mattering yeah. strength of schedule you love strength of schedule i think if you were in the committee you would strictly look sure. at strength of schedule that's fine 100 percent. you have oklahoma state who hasn't played anyone michigan state who hasn't played anyone coastal carolina granted i yeah. have them at 11 and i like coastal carolina and i think that they're they should get more credit for blowing out teams even though they're yeah. worst competition at five six yeah. and seven Care to explain, me, explain that decision? <laughs> <laughs> to me, at this point, at week six, no losses mean uh-huh. anything. So, okay. these these are teams that, great, you have the momentum of an AP top ten, you lose it immediately. I don't care if you lose, if you win by seven. For, like, teams so, like so, Wake, so teams you're... like... Teams like Kentucky. Well, if Kentucky wins, that's a little, this week. That's a little bit different. But if they weren't playing Georgia, teams like Kentucky, teams like uh, Coastal Carolina, teams like that that I'm putting in because they have literally it's that fine line because it's week six. As soon as week seven hits, and ha- and we don't have half of these unbeaten's anymore, it totally it's going to look so, totally so, different next week. So 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 you're saying your top ten is much like gender in 2021 and it's fluid no because it's still locked in like i'm not i still stand by it and it probably would be pretty similar to this it, it's technically not but it would be similar to this last last week but but you but, but you to me the way that the the teams that i listed that put up there like the kentuckys like the michigan states because they improved so uh-huh. much they go up higher I'm looking at their improved record from last year. 
So, so Michigan, who you would say their quality of win, they have you would say so. You would say that. But you would say Oklahoma State, Michigan State, and Coastal Carolina. And that, well, you specifically, let's take out Coastal Carolina because they're in kind of yeah. this own. So Oklahoma State and yeah. Michigan State are better than Michigan, even though Michigan was terrible <laughs> last year. Yes, but that's me being Oklahoma biased. Oklahoma State was that's not being, bad last that's year. That's me being biased. Okay. Because be, okay, yeah. All right. So technically, if we're going off of my own rules, you're 100 percent right. Michigan should be like five or four or six. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I will, okay. I will right. give you that. Right. That just, is me being biased. Just just so that everyone can see inside the mind of Simeon and see how it doesn't make any sense. I feel bad for your fiance. So then eight, I have Alabama. That's fine. I'm actually good with Alabama at eight because I had. Uh, Bama at six, and I think that the Texas A&M loss is a lot worse than people yeah. seem to think it is because Texas A&M was just not. Yeah, they have the athletes, but they just yeah. weren't anywhere close. Wake Forest at nine <laughs> above Ohio State. Wake Forest just had to play overtime yeah. at okay. Syracuse. Yeah, you do yeah, realize yeah, 100%. this, right? Hundred percent. Can I? Can I? And Ohio State put up. Oh, oh, by the way, I left, I left out SMU and San Diego State, for the record. <laughs> okay, San Diego State. Do you know who, who their head coach is? This makes me it's, very uh, angry. It's, it's, uh, it's the ex-Michigan guy. <laughs> yes. It's Brady. Brady Hoke, that's Hoke. right. <laughs> okay. I Can I actually do so like angry. a slightly real one? This is going to be... Uh, no, okay. no, you can't. You can't. Okay, that is that's your my top, top ten, 10 for, the for the week. Ladies that and gentlemen, is your top if you're 10 curious about us, DM DM us. I'll put a I'll put a real one out on our Instagram on what I think it's going to look yes. like next week with the one loss teams. But for right now, this is how yes. it should be: anarchy in the streets, ladies and gentlemen. Game over for you, one loss scrubs. This has been the fourth and one podcast, guys. Thank you so much. Anchor.fm slash fourth and one. Best best offense in the nation is yep. a is a, a one loss scrub. scrub. Screw you at number ten. Wash your hand wash your hands, you filthy animals. Follow us on Instagram at fourth and one podcast. Again, we will release Simeon's top ten, his up his more realistic top ten, I guess, even though that is just Oh my, uh, whatever. Anyway, really, uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, or don't. Get vaccinated or don't, but be kind to one another, no matter what. God bless you all. Peace out. Enjoy your college football Saturday, everyone. Um, this has been the 4th and 1 Podcast, Anchor.fm, slash 4th and 1. Peace out.